superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. 319! This is the Rich Eisen Show. The second pick. The New York Jets select. It'll be Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson, then all of a sudden Mac Jones, and then all of a sudden Justin Fields, and it'll be, no, no, it's Zach Wilson. And everybody's going to be like, what the hell are they waiting for? The Rich Eisen Show with guest host Ryan Leaf. Earlier on the show, NFL Network reporter Tom Pelissero, host of the Ross Tucker podcast, Ross Tucker. Coming up, co-host of Pro Football Talk, Chris Sims. Plus, from Pac-12 Network, Guy Haberman. And now. Sitting in for Rich, it's Ryan Leaf. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Show. I am his guest host, his guest host extraordinaire, apparently, uh, seven times here in 2021. Uh, I'm thinking he wants to get to a place um, uh, where, you know, it's the Rich Eisen Show, but, you know, he can just... He can sit at the very top of things and just watch and collect his money and like leave <laughs> down just, over us. You do it, TJ Jefferson to my right, uh, Jason Feller filling in for Michael Del Tufo on the ones and twos, hey. and Chris Brockman as always, uh, hey, my hey. cohort and all this. Hey, uh, we play golf on the weekends. We uh, we trash people's mock drafts during the week. That's just how it, that's, <laughs> that's how it works. All right. Uh, roll, speaking baby. of mock drafts. Uh, Former uh, colleague of mine uh, in the NFL and uh, does a heck of a job. Um, uh, broadcasting and as an analyst, uh, Chris Chris Sims joins us to talk about tonight's trip. Welcome to the show, Chris. How you doing, bud? What's up, Ryan? How you doing, man? Good to talk to you. Everything good? Yeah, everything's great. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think I've been more interested in a draft simply because of the mysteriousness of it all. And right, um, you know, we're we're talking about mostly we know what one and two are going to look like because it's been like that for a while. But San Francisco threw a huge curve in all of this about a month ago moving up to three having to know who they loved who they moved up to get you feel pretty adamant about where you are on this who do they draft tonight yeah i do i feel pretty adamant about it i mean again i don't know i know everybody thinks i know because i'm friends with kyle shanahan and it's like no he doesn't tell me everything i mean (laughs) i I have one of the biggest mouths in the world and I, i talk every day on tv but i do know him and I do know what he likes in quarterbacks. And that's where I guess I would be shocked that it's not Mac Jones. You know, I, I, uh, Mac Jones is a Matt Ryan, Drew Brees type of quarterback. And I think he's better than them coming out. And I know Shanahan has always had an affinity for those type of guys. And I also know he, th- he thinks that if he got more than two years with Matt Ryan, he would have won a Super Bowl. And he was up 28-3 to in one of them, and I know a lot of people blame him, but like the defense is allowed to stop Brady and the Patriots and all that. So uh, I, I do. I just expect it to be Mac Jones. Like I said, I don't know. I'd be intrigued to see what a Trey Lance would be like in a Shanahan offense. It would be a little bit of that RG3 Washington combination that we saw you know, a few years back. But I think ultimately it's always been about Mac Jones, and, and I will be like fall on the floor shocked if it's not him at three tonight. 
Well, you've been you've been awfully good the last few years, and what I what I enjoy so much about you is that you know you you take a look at what you like, uh, you go about what the need is, and 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 you you don't move off that spot, right? It's your spot. You 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 feel like you have a pretty good idea where where you're going with that. I, I remember the Lamar Jackson uh, draft sure. and how really excited you were about them, and when you went on the Dan Patrick Show, people kind of looked at you like you were crazy, but. Uh, he, he's he's an MVP in this league because of what he's been able to accomplish. And so uh, I take it with a lot of heart. The biggest thing I've found in all this, and Rich right. Eisen talked to me a little bit about it earlier, is that no one expected Mac Jones to be a top five pick until until Kyle Shanahan moved to this spot. And all of a sudden now, it's right. almost like he is a kingmaker in this. And is, there's a lot of power in this. And we've talked about it before in the past. when When somebody falls in love with somebody... It doesn't matter. It only takes one. And it may be Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch who just have fallen in love with Mac Jones for what they can do. No, no, no doubt. It could be just one. Now, I'll say this, too, right? And, I mean, Rich, Rich is right. That is the, 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 the thought that was out there. But I'd also like to say that thought was out there from people who don't make the decisions in football. Still. Right. You know, when this trade was made and everything, most of the NFL was just getting done with draft stuff. So that's when you need to start paying attention to what's being said and things like that. You know, before that, it's a lot of, hey, TV scouts and, you know, hosts of radio shows and, and highlight shows making proclamations about where people should be picked in the draft. So that was where, that's where I'd fight back against that. And, you know, I, I, I have knowledge of things that went on in the NFL up to that. I, I, I know for a pretty good fact the 49ers traded up because they knew teams were looking to trade up to draft Mac Jones. And I think the first thing they knew was they felt that the Carolina Panthers were hot on Mac Jones. They coached him at the Senior Bowl, and I don't think it's some coincidence that, you know, the, you know, the 49ers make the move and do everything like that, and not long after you see the Panthers go, okay, we're going to trade for Sam Darnold. I think they kind of told you right there they had their eye on Mac Jones. And the other team that I think a lot of people in the NFL world thought would make a play for Mac Jones is, of course, the obvious one that everyone pins to him, which is the New England Patriots. So I think there was a lot of thoughts by people in the know, and I think that calls were made by the Patriots and the Panthers to move up. And that's why I think Shanahan and the 49ers got wind of that, and that's why they made the aggressive move to get up to number three to make sure they could have the pick of the litter uh, and, and really know who and pick the guy they want, you know, and take fate into their own hands. We're talking with Chris Sims, NBC Sports NFL analyst. Uh, you can check him out on the Twitter, C Sims, uh, when you get a chance. Um, what, what do you see? Uh, sorry, C Sims QB on, on the Twitter box okay, there. I'm Ryan Lee. It's only Twitter. In. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> I'm Ryan Lee filling in for Rich Eisen. Okay. <laughs> What happens? Now, if you remember when Donovan McNabb was drafted second overall and the Philly fans went absolutely berserk that that was not the pick yeah. they wanted, what happens right. when the San Francisco 49ers fans uh, hear that pick announced tonight and the reaction yeah. isn't overly great like it will be when the Jets take Zach Wilson, who, if you would have asked him a year ago who Zach Wilson was or that he'll be the quarterback right. next year, they would have been up in arms. Well, you know, it, it, to me, it, it, I mean, they're going to have to make sure they pub, pub this the right way. Yeah, there's going to be a negative reaction. 
you know, with with some of these guys in the draft, hey, the most novice of football fans who just turns on the TV, you know, you could see more, you know, unbelievable, awe, jaw-dropping type of stuff from some of the other quarterbacks. So that's where I think, you know, it's being lost in translation as far as the public's love for Mac Jones. I mean, listen, you don't need to be a genius to see Zach Wilson's workout and go, that looked different. Those balls look like they fly off of his hands. Like, holy crap. And then, of course, people have seen Justin Fields play, and they see, whoa, a really powerful arm and a guy that is a special runner. And, you know, Trey Lance, you see some of the highlights up there at North Dakota State, and they're impressive. Mac Jones is more of a machine. He doesn't have that one trait that just jumps out to you where you just go, oh, my gosh, that's unbelievable. But I think it's what it is is got to look at it more of like he checks the box at a really high level in all categories. So when you go through it that way and you go, okay, most accurate passer in the draft, um, okay, best in the pocket in the draft, either him or Zach Wilson with their ability to move and slide and make throws that way. Okay, there's Mac Jones in that. All right. The ability to, you know, read and diagnose and go to the right place with the ball. Mac Jones wins that conversation. That's as good as anybody I've studied, Ryan, since I've been on this side of the business. It's him or Joe Burrow. His arm is just as good as Joe Burrow's was last year. So what I'm basically saying is, and then, you know, I hear people say, oh, you don't get to see him throw under pressure and do those type of things. Yeah, okay, there's not a ton of it. But also take into account, when, he, when there is pressure, he's phenomenal at avoiding it and moving and making the appropriate throw. The other thing, too, uh, is that, you know, the pressure thing sometimes doesn't get there because he knows it's coming and gets the ball out of his right. hands quickly. You know, so that people lose that sight, the sight of that fact. And what I'm basically saying is, listen, you add up all those things and what you get is an elite quarterback. And that's what Mac Jones is. And, Ryan, that's where I think the 49ers got to do their best job to sell to their fan base and just be like, we just drafted Drew Brees. That would be what I would be telling them. We just drafted Drew Brees. Put that out there and see if we can't get the fan base a little excited. But it's going to take results on the field to back off. That's for sure. Yeah, the, the thing's about the pressure, right? Tom Brady and Peyton Manning yeah. are terrible with pressure. But guess what? <laughs> They get rid of it before the pressure gets to them or they check out of it and put them in a position to do something differently. Also, exactly. the argument being made that he had you know, first-round draft picks at wide receiver around him, a first-round draft pick and a running back, offensive lineman. And I, I simply come back and I go, you know, who was Joe Burrow playing with? A bunch of bums? Exactly. You know, this what is... about Tua last year, <laughs> yeah. right? Tua had four first-round receivers. You know? That's my, I'm, I'm with you, Ryan. That, that's where it gets lost in translation too much. I get it. Joe Burrow was with awesome, awesome players. We, we know that. You know, Deshaun Watson wasn't with any slouches at Clemson either when he was there. And neither were Trevor Lawrence surrounded or Justin Fields by slouches either. And then added to your point about the Alabama thing, this is the last thing I wanted to add about the Mac Jones, all you need to do is turn on film from Tua last year and turn on film from Mac Jones, and it'll tell you by itself that Alabama thought Mac Jones was better than Tua. The offense they run with Mac Jones is more aggressive and more dependent on the quarterback being a better player. Yep. And that was one of the first things that jumped out to me about it. So uh, he, from the start, I always said he is a better prospect than Tua for me. There's no doubt about that. But 
it just hasn't been sold to the public the same way. It was tank for Tua, tank for Trevor, and it's hard to tell people anything different once that kind of gains momentum. It is. It's hard. It's hard when a narrative has been spun. Um, right. We're talking to Chris Sims, NBC Sports NFL analyst. Um, you, I released my mock draft uh, and your and yours uh, up, up up against each other, and there was one sizable difference. And uh, a lot of people questioned and asked why you felt Justin Fields falls so far down the list. You have him going thirty second overall. Right. Why did Justin Fields fall so far? Uh, but regardless. Um, whoever yeah. gets him is going to have a, a great quarterback for the future, I do believe. No, I mean, he's got a chance to be special. There's yep. no doubt. But there's some issues, and they're hard issues to work on. And I don't think all teams in the NFL think they can be fixed. You know, he's got a little bit of a hitch in his giddy-up, his throw. The way he lifts that elbow, you know, anybody that's been paying attention to, his feet can get really weird at times where he can push off a mound almost to throw the ball. So he needs so much space and all of those things. He really needs to be polished as a passer and really work on fixing some of those flaws within his mechanics. You know, I didn't go into the mock draft. First off, I didn't know my mock draft was going to be like, damn, this is the answer key and it's written (laughs) in stone. I mean, you know, I guess that's a positive thing about my career. But I didn't go into it going, okay, I'm going to – make Justin Fields the 32nd pick, and now let me fill in the rest of the draft. Like, I didn't do that. I tried to realistically go through it with, hey, things I know about the draft and where guys might go. And then when I got to situations where, like it was the Denver Broncos at nine, the Denver Broncos did what I always thought they were going to do. I thought they tried to get stay with Drew Locke and go with Teddy Bridgewater. Maybe they still draft a quarterback tonight. I don't know. But – I kind of went, oh, all right, so it's Vic Fangio. His butt's going to be on the hot seat. I could see them passing the quarterback and trying to get somebody that helps them now. I have Washington trading up to get Trey Lance. You know, you get to the Bears at 20. You know, I don't know. I understand they need a quarterback. But, again, here we are. Are they giving Matt, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace the green light when it sounds like their butt's on the hot seat to draft any quarterback and trade away any assets they want? And then what? leave the next coaching regime in the same spot they left Matt Nagy where he gets to take over a team of a quarterback that he doesn't like and Mitchell Trubisky. So then I went to that. And I went, ooh, I don't think that's going to happen. And I just kind of organically as I went through it, I know there's a good chance that somebody would trade up into the late 20s there if he was available. But I kind of just filled it out and went with it. And I went, I got to the, the 32nd and the Bucks, and I went, man, the Bucks don't have any needs. And if it got to this point, I'm not sure. They might not trade out of the pick because they might go, we got a quarterback. This is the perfect situation for, for Fields. And the last thing I'll just say to everybody, like I, I, I'm humbled in a way that people took it so like it was the, 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 the draft, like the, like the answer key. But at the same time, there's always a curveball in the draft. And that was my curveball. Nobody thought Lamar Jackson was going to be the 32nd pick. Nobody thought Aaron Rodgers was going to be picked 24. There's stuff like this all the time. So I, it kind of just organically worked it out, worked that way. And, uh, yeah, I've taken a lot of flack. I'm the biggest <laughs> Justin Fields hater in the world now. All right, speaking of Aaron Rodgers, uh, just, you know, today's rumor mill, of course, gets, gets spun up. Uh, his name has been, has been heard yeah. on the lips of some people today in terms of 
people inquiring what it would take to maybe get an Aaron Rodgers on their roster. So far, no no biters out of Green Bay. But what do you think about his name continuously uh, being brought up as a possibility somewhere else other than Green Bay? Yeah, Ryan, I, I think it's going to continue. I, I do. I, I I said on you know Pro Football Talk with Florio the other day. I go. I just it, I I'd almost bet anything to say this will be Green the last year with Rodgers in Green Bay. I you know I think he's had it, um, and I don't think they're going to give him the long term security. You know, as far as years down the road to make him feel like he's the guy for any more time than maybe one or two years. So I think that's why you hear like Green Bay talking about. You know, we'll figure out a way to negotiate a contract and do the, do that kind of stuff. I, I'm going to bet you that Rodgers is going to say, no thanks. I'll just leave the contract the way it is. And I think Rodgers will make a move after the year. I really do. But I think they're going to continue to field these calls because I think most of the NFL feels the same way as what I'm saying, that things are a little dicey up there. And I think a lot of people think Rodgers could make a move to get the hell out of there. If not, somewhere else in a uniform, definitely with a tie on, asking people uh, Jeopardy questions, (laughs) it sounds like. Uh, Chris Sims, NBC Sports NFL analyst. Uh, Hey, brother, man, thanks so much for joining us and being part of the day. Enjoy tonight and tonight's NFL draft. You too, Ryan. You the man, man. Be good. Good luck with everything. Thanks, man. Chris Sims, everybody. Uh, interesting. Uh, we we we're similar in a few things. I wanted to ask him about the Cincinnati thing, um, but uh, we we are the same on Landon Dickerson uh, as center for the Steelers. That's the need the Steelers have. They don't need a running back. Steel curtain fans, all right. I am a diehard Steelers fan since I was a little kid. I want a center, and if I want a center, I have a reasonable mind. You think the same way, all right? Uh, we're gonna we're gonna go to break here, and then we're gonna be back with my friend Guy Haberman to talk about the San Francisco 49ers situation. This is the Rich Eisen Show. I'm Ryan Lee filling in. We'll be right back. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat, where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests were is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed hey folks it's time for the nfl draft which means for me I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased 
in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Okay, here we go. Mike Del Tufo. I'm in my natural environment. You I'm are. field with cheerleaders. Emily, take it away. Hey, Mike, are you nervous? Emily? No, not at all. Good. Well, here are your set of pop-ups. All right. Oh, okay. God. Here, I'll Wait, take How do you guys hold on to these things? Oh, there Bring we go. Bring your microphone. There we go. All right, Mike. So what, are you, what, what move are you teaching? Okay, so we're going to do a dance. This is how it's going to start. You're going to step out, and your arms are going to go right, left, right. Oh, my gosh. Okay, then you're going to box and pump. Good. Box and pump. So right, left, right, box and pump. Five, six, seven, eight. One and two, three, four. Good. Now your hips are going to go right, right, left while you frame your face. So five, six, and now. Get those hips in there, Mike. Come on. Hair. You got a really, oh. You got a big hair flip to the back. <laughs> and then hair flip all the way over to the front. Hair flip. Good. That's okay. definitely one Let's thing I couldn't do. Okay. Oh my god. And five, six, seven, eight, a one, and two, three, four, five, six, seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Show off your red boots and walk. So hair flip, maybe. Yeah. Has to be a sassy walk. Yeah. Sassy walk. So walk one, two. That's not sassy enough. Three. <laughs> step together. Four. Now pump it. Five, six. Oh, you seven, guys are real. No way. You gotta get low on My God. Focus. You gotta, like, you gotta low on Coach, okay. how about just a cheer? So ready. Take it from the hair flip. Ready. Right. And five, six, seven, eight. One, two, Dashing. three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Can we do it from the top? Let's do it from the top. top. Ready. Okay, Here hold on a minute. So, so how do you how do how would I introduce? Uh, what, what, this what is HTC Mike. <laughs> HTC Mike. I like it. Here we go. HTC okay, Mike ready. and the Houston Texas Cheerleaders, everybody. Five, six, seven, eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Walk. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yes. 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 Emily, tell him what he's won. Mike Del Tufo's, it's a Delphi. It's the first Everybody Delphi of the week. HTC Mike. <laughs> Fantastic. You did great. Not did creepy great. at all. Welcome back, everybody, to the Rich Eisen Show. I am Ryan Leaf filling in for Rich. We have blasted through this show. Boy, we are already almost to the end. Uh, All NFL draft football talk. Um, I'd like to bring on our next guest. Uh, He is a guy that works for the Pac-12 Network with me for many years, Uh, but he's been somebody who's lived in the Bay Area and been around uh, the San Francisco 49ers organization and those local uh, teams there for years. Runs a great podcast the ham podcast with uh john middlecoff and himself my friend uh guy haberman welcome to the show what's up guy leave 
It's here. <laughs> it's here. <laughs> it's here. That's the best Fine. way to put it. Guy and I have been talking about uh, the NFL draft for months and months and months because the Pac-12 conference, of course, didn't play a lot of football, and here we're at. So you've been in the mix right there, and you watched this move happen about a month ago, and there's been speculation from the moment it happened that it was Mac Jones. And they've gently seemed to shift a little bit with the addition of John Beck as Trey Lance's quarterback coach. Where where do we stand and what do we expect to happen tonight? Yeah, I mean, like you said, like most people, I think, know Mac Jones is what a lot of people expect. I, my expectation or my my prediction a few weeks ago was Trey Lance. And um, there's, a not, there's a lot of reasons not to think that it's going to be Trey Lance. There's a lot of reasons not to think it's going to be Justin Fields. Um, I'm still open-minded tonight that it's not going to be Mac Jones. I've gone this long without feeling like I definitely know, so why change now? But I do think Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch spoke to the media on Monday, and uh, it was the second time they've spoken since they did the trade. They also spoke a couple days. Remember, they did the trade on a Friday. They spoke the following Monday or Tuesday. And um, I think both times they've talked, if we – wait till tonight, see who they pick, and then go back and watch those press conferences, I think regardless of who the pick is tonight, we'll be able to find things in those press conferences that we think were breadcrumbs to hint at who they ultimately take. But right now, not knowing, I think Kyle Shanahan has left the most breadcrumbs for Mac Jones. Um, One thing he has said repeatedly in both press conferences that he gave is that, yes, of course you want Patrick Mahomes. He said on Monday, yes, ideally you'd have Drew Brees' passing pocket ability and Lamar Jackson's legs. (laughs) But when he says that, he usually follows up with some version of, but ultimately the best guys would have been the best guys in any era. Patrick Mahomes and Drew Brees, as different as they are, are great now, and they would have both been great 40 years ago, and they'll both be great, that version of a player, 40 years from now. And what he's saying when he says those things is, I know what everybody tells me, which is that the league is trending to play quarterback a certain way with athletic quarterbacks. But ultimately, I'm not going to draft an athletic quarterback if I don't think he's as good as the guy that is less athletic than him. So, yeah, of course I love Mahomes. He has spoke glowingly about Josh Allen last year before they played the Bills. But I'm not going to draft that guy in place because you tell me that's what the trend is. No, the trend is the best quarterbacks are the best quarterbacks. So my question is, is he saying that to make us think that he's drafting Mac Jones, or is he saying that because they're trying to get out ahead of what's been – I can't think of a – leaf. I can't think of a – uh, draft pick this high that everyone has had such a negative, a fan base has had a negative opinion of so quickly. And it's really, I feel, if, if it is Mac Jones, I feel badly that Mac Jones is walking into that because he'll have to overcome that. But um, that's where it stands. I think Kyle Shanahan has, has, has left enough breadcrumbs on Mac Jones. The question is, is he doing it to mislead or is he doing it to prepare? We're talking with Guy Haberman, Pac-12 network announcer, uh, host of the Haberman and Middlecoff podcast there in the local Bay Area. Um, That then leads to the Atlanta Falcons. And I think what hinges on the rest of the draft and how the other quarterbacks fall in line, if they don't trade out of that spot with somebody who needs a quarterback or if they take 
the likes of Kyle Pitts, the quarterbacks could fall further and further down. Where do the Atlanta Falcons go uh, if they've decided that Matt Ryan's the guy? Do they stick with an offensive player, or do you think they trade out of there to, to, to put a team who needs a quarterback to move up? This is what makes the, Mac, the, the third pick so fascinating, right? Is like, if the Niners do take Mac Jones, does somebody love Justin Fields enough to come up and take him? Do the Falcons like him enough to take him? I, if, if it were me, I would not take a quarterback there if I were them. Um, I would either move back or take you know Kyle Pitts. I think new GM, new head coach. Uh, I don't want to make all my decisions based on my job security, but unless you love the quarterback, why start your clock right now if you're those guys? if he's not going to start over Matt Ryan. And I think that's the interesting part for the Niners, too, is like Matt Jones and Justin Fields are guys that play right away. Trey Lance at least is viewed as a guy that doesn't play right away. But I do think the 49ers want to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think they want to play with Jimmy Garoppolo this year. I think they'd rather play with whoever they draft. And um, I think it makes sense for them to, to trade him as well, like just to have that dynamic um, is not conducive to your new, you know, franchise quarterback becoming the leader of a locker room, um, and that's the one part I've had a hard time getting by when I talk about Lance is that he's viewed more as a developmental prospect. But look, Shanahan, and this is not fair to RG three. What I'm about to say because RG three was a, a much better prospect coming out than Trey Lance, but Kyle Shanahan won a bunch of games, uh, won ten games, I think nine with RG three as the starter his rookie year and he was the offensive rookie of the year. So I, I, he like, I think even if it's Lance, he can, he can kind of uh, uh, maneuver. If you're the Falcons, to me, it's kind of weird unless it's Lance. I know there's all the history with Justin Fields in the state of Georgia, but um, if I were them, I, you know, I, I don't think they would take a quarterback just given the way most teams draft, particularly in their first years, new head coach, new GM, that, that would be my guess there. All righty. Well, let's uh, let's get you out of here with a little of our 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 weekly Pac-12 talk. All right. Um, <laughs> the first player probably picked out of the Pac-12 is going to be Panay Sewell. He's considered the one of the best offensive linemen to come out of college for some time. Yet, the Cincinnati Bengals are going to be sitting there at, at at five with every opportunity to draft somebody to protect their franchise quarterback, Joe Burrow, who they weren't able to do with, with, with what they weren't able to do a year ago, yet they are still enamored by the possibility of that speedster uh, Adonis of a wide receiver and Jamar Chase reuniting him with Joe Burrow. What do you think the Bengals should do? What do you think they do do? I think they should draft Panay Sewell. I think we just saw the Chiefs traded a late first-rounder for a starting tackle. Um, it, it is Orlando Brown. We see how difficult the Niners had to go to the top of the market to re-sign Trent Williams. It is so hard to find that guy. Last year, the first two rounds of wide receivers drafted had a hit rate of like 90. Besides Jalen Rager and uh, Henry Ruggs, every first and second round receiver basically hit based on their value of where they were drafted. I mean, it was incredible what a good receiver draft it was last year. Now, I don't think this draft has the depth of receiver, but it does at the top mirror last year's draft. I think the tackles are hard to find. I think you draft a tackle. Every Bengals beat writer I hear and listen, uh, I read and hear talk about this thinks they're going to take Kyle Pitts, which ultimately I think is good for Panay. I, I talked to Panay yesterday. He does. He was very mum on the teams that like him. I think there are teams that have told him they like him, 
and he wants to go to those teams, but some things need to happen for him to get there. Um, and I don't know, Miami might be one at six, but to me the Chargers at 13 would make a ton of sense if somehow they could get up to get him. And to me that feels like Detroit's spot. Detroit has a one next year. They have, a, I mean, they have two ones next year. They have two ones the next year. Follow Miami's blueprint, acquire picks, move back. So I think they go chase at five. If Panay ends up in Miami, that would make sense. But I, I, I also think if, if he doesn't go to Miami at six, then the Chargers would make sense for Panay Sewell if they could move up. Well, that'd be nice to reunite quarterback and offensive tackle. You would tackle. root for him to go to the Chargers, Leaf? Of course I would. I, I want, I, you know what, I, I, just, I just need the Los Angeles Chargers to win a Super Bowl and that quarterback to be an MVP or something like that. And maybe then I'm not talked about as much as a, <laughs> maybe that's the only reason. I, it's always about me. You, you spent too much time with me over the last three years to know anything different. Guy Haberman, everybody. back to you at the end. Yeah, Guy Haberman, everybody from the Pac-12 Network, my boy. Check him out, the Haberman and Middle Calf Podcast. You can check him out on Twitter and Instagram, at Guy Haberman. Thanks for joining us, bud. That seafoam green looks good. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> he's a good guy. Him and I, first first game I ever called was with Guy. Uh, we called a, a Oregon spring game together. Uh, so we've been doing this together. We started a show on SiriusXM, uh, Pac-12 this morning, him and I. So we've been doing this for a while. It's kind of fun to, to do it from a different kind of venue. But he is he's locked in the 49ers situation. And the more and more we listen today, guys, to the experts, mm-hmm. now the so-called experts, which I take a lot of stock in, um, believe it's going to be Mac Jones. Do you I, – I just – I have such a hard time believing that to be true, that that's actually going to be the case. But I – I talked myself out of the Super Bowl pick. I talked all week long on how they were going to not be able to protect Patrick Mahomes, but I couldn't get the idea of Patrick Mahomes out of my mind. Like, he was so good. He'll overcome. If they, if, in, in fact, if they only play eight players because three O-linemen can't play, they'll still overcome and, and win the Super Bowl with Patrick Mahomes. I talked about it all week. I've talked about Mac Jones as a very capable, um, checks all the boxes, starting quarterback in this league enough over the last month that I should have convinced myself and proven to myself with evidence that he is capable of being the third overall pick and being the San Francisco 49ers quarterback next year and tonight when that when that pick is is announced. I should be there, but for whatever reason, I'm still hesitant just a little, and uh, and I don't know why. What do you guys think about Mac Jones, San Francisco 49ers starting quarterback. I think Mac Jones is just the younger version of Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay. Right? I think you're getting the same guy. So if you're going to draft the same guy, why not just keep the guy you got? Keep the original and shock us. Take Kyle Pitts. Do something crazy to kind of shake your team up. You are a play away from the Super Bowl championship. But then why spend all the draft capital to move up to number three? So the signals there point to Jimmy's gone. They're doing something different, which makes me think it's Fields or Lance, Uh, a younger, bigger, stronger, athletic-type quarterback that we know Kyle Shanahan loves. You know, and Shanahan blatantly came out and said, we moved up here to take our franchise quarterback. Now, 
don't get me wrong, people. I don't believe a word that comes out of anybody's mouth no, from when the no, season ends zero. until when the draft is announced. Yeah, okay, you not ever a word. Show your hand. And yeah. we hear it all the time. We talk about it all the time. When we have people come on and they're like, "Oh, we hear this. We were talking to them here." We're like, well, why do you believe them? You know, why would you believe them? Yeah, it's lying. If that was season. the case. It's lying. What season. are the players doing to try to mitigate or, um, you know, um, manipulate the situation? You know, there were talks around in my draft. In 1998, where we did not want to go to Indianapolis. So, Lee Steinberg was thinking of ways and of, of for, for us to manipulate the situation to so that we wouldn't end up in, in Indianapolis. Now, right. you know, we don't know how far teams will go. Now, I'm a huge advocate for the player, okay? And in this day and age, when the quarterback is the end-all, be-all of the NFL, and you are a consensus top-five pick at that position... I really think you could flex your muscles in terms of leverage. I really do. I wish I would have. Like, you know, we were two of the highest graded quarterbacks at the time. I wish I would have flexed that muscle a little bit more. Gone to an organization that may have held me more accountable or helped me through it differently. And for me, that was always the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're, what, 40 years and are on their third head coach, right? Yeah, Yeah. more than that, probably. They go in the last... 14 years, they've, been, they've won nine division titles, I think, and gone to the playoffs with, with Mike Tomlin, who was just extended there. Um, that's what I would have clamored for. And if I was Trevor Lawrence right now, and I was talking to my agent, now, he's open to going to Jacksonville, but guess what? For him to be a complete success there and be a Hall of Famer, he'll have to have been the first to ever been a Hall of Famer in Jacksonville. Yeah. The only one. Right. You have to talk about... Urban Meyer, who's never been sub-500 in his coaching career ever, is going to be in a situation where they lose and they're under 500 for for a couple years maybe. And we've seen when things get adverse for him or adversity strikes or becomes difficult, you know, he's developed health problems. He's walked away from situations. You know, how quickly does that change? And is Trevor Lawrence with a new head coach? You know, you unfortunately, these these great players that are picked at the top of the draft, especially the quarterback position, historically go to bad teams. Mm -hmm. And therefore, as we've been shown the statistic, over the last 11 years, since 2010, there's only been one quarterback drafted in the first round to win a Super Bowl. The odds are against you. I wasn't just kidding with Rich a little earlier when I talked about tonight, maybe the last time we hear of Zach Wilson. Because systemically... Mark Sanchez goes to two AFC championships and is only remembered for the butt fumble in New York. He is only remembered yeah, for the butt Yeah, it's crazy, fumble. right? That is absurd. It's absurd. 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 He was a wonder, wonderful quarterback. These were the things that they were talking about coming out of college for Sam Darnold. The same things they're talking about Zach Wilson. So Sam Darnold traded. Everybody in New York feels this way. Rich bringing up the fact that a year ago, we would they would have imploded on people if you said, we are not taking Zach Wilson. Don't put that voodoo on us. Nobody even heard of Zach Wilson a year ago. Who is Zach Wilson? (laughs) Nobody knew who he was. I did because I covered the Pac-12. And, of course, BYU plays the Pac-12 all the time. And I'm like, boy, he struggles against the Pac-12 teams. Is that what you thought? Now he's going to be the Jets and go up against the the Dolphins defense and the Bills now and the hopefully resurgent New England Patriots. Hopefully. Is that what you thought, Ryan, that he struggled when you were watching him? Against Pac-12 teams, yeah. yeah. I mean, you go back and watch the Jacob Eason-Washington game a year ago, and um, Jacob Eason looks like the pro quarterback in that game. Right. I mean, 
unbelievable arm strength, accurate, firing it around. You're like, yeah, that's 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 what the pro. He goes third round. Third round. Indianapolis Colts. Developmentally, not good enough this last year. They go and trade for Carson Wentz. So now you're telling me the guy that plays 13 opponents uh, that we've never heard of, except for Coastal Carolina, and when they did, he got beat up. This is your new quarterback now, right? Nothing against Zach. Impressive. My 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 pro day looked like yours, Zach. Okay, it did. I made a throw rolling to my left, back across my body, 65 yards in the air. Okay, it's easy to do in your shorts. It's easy to do against air. It's easy to do at high altitude. Okay. Ryan, do you think a guy could have improved that much from the time you watched him until today, the eve of the draft, to make him worthy of that pick? I feel like I did. So, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I don't think people were talking about me as the second overall pick the year before. I really don't. So I improved greatly because of the help of my teammates and uh, of what we did as a team. BYU did great. They got to where they needed to this last year. So, yeah, it, it makes sense. Unfortunately... You know, he's going to be going to New York. There you go. There's 2018, nine games started, uh, improved greatly. Um, but the passing to interceptions were injury prone. And then the, the breakout year, right? 3,600 yards, 33 touchdowns to three interceptions. That final year looks eerily similar to my final year, okay? I threw for 3,900 yards, uh, 33 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions, okay? So, I mean, very similar. It's about where you go. New coach, I get it. General manager picking his own quarterback. The rebirth in pro football is huge. There's such a reason why there is turnover every single year. People get excited for the rebirth of everything. You know, you got the new head coach and Coach Sala there. It's a systemic problem. It has been for a long, long time. Unfortunately for Zach Wilson and the New York Jets fans and our friend Rich Eisen, could be a could be a long cold winter, everybody, there in New York. Okay, you know, Ryan, that was always my thing. You know, as Rich would talk about the Jets, and Chris and I would speak about this about like, all right, we're going to move away from Sam Darnold. We're going to get a new quarterback. At first, we thought it was Lawrence, and now we realize it's Wilson. My thought was always this, and Brockman and I would talk after the show. If you haven't improved all the weapons or any of the weapons, and it seems to me like you're just you know putting your finger in the in the dike, so to speak. To You're stop. the Dutch boy. Yeah. yeah. But what are you doing to to make that wall stronger? Are you giving him receivers? Are you bringing in linemen? Well, like I said, you said it, most important. It's systemic. It's It starts at the top. It has been, uh, and, and it continues to be. You always believe, hey, when Todd Boyle's got the job, everybody was everybody thought same they were feeling about Salah. Defensive-minded. Oh, absolutely. New, new sense. Yeah, for sure. This is a retread. This is a rerun. This is the unoriginality of of things that happen over and over and over, right? I'm of the belief that if you continue to do the same crazy thing over and over and over again, that's the definition of insanity, Yeah. okay? Right. Expecting a different result. Mm-hmm. And you're doing the same thing. You think a quarterback's going to make a difference here. Of course a quarterback is. He's got to be ready to – he's got to have a team ready to go, though. I don't fault them for getting rid of Sam Darnold. I would have stuck with it, but I get it. Yeah. For a fan base, for our business uh, orientation part of it to make the shift and change, I get it, I understand it, but I also can read the tea leaves, and I've seen this movie before. When we come back, we're <laughs> going to discuss what happens tonight, what's going to go down, 
We're going to prognosticate. We're going to be right. You're listening to The Rich Eisen Show. I'm Ryan Lee filling in for Rich. We'll be right back to finish it up. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. This is a big day. I did not know this, but we found this out, that today's the 48th anniversary of the very day that you had a summit, a Muhammad Ali summit with Lou Alcindor, you and Bill Russell, all part of raising awareness in local communities back in 1967, June 4th, 67, 48 years ago today. I'll make it simple. Sure. Back in those days, those were the top athletes. You know, we had about 12 of them. I can't call all their names. But uh, the mayor of Cleveland, Carl Stokes, the first black mayor of a major city, was also a part of it. And what we wanted to do was call attention to the fact that Muhammad Ali could be telling the truth about his religious beliefs. Mm -hmm. And so we summoned him to Cleveland, summoned the top athletes, had about five hours with him, totally convinced that he was sincere, and then we backed him 100%. And I think that helped the government take a second look, and later on they dropped all charges. And that was the purpose of this summit that you had? Well, yes, that was the purpose, too say that this young man has a right to his religious beliefs mm-hmm. and they're like conscientious objective objective so why not you know let him do what he's gonna do well, it's not illegal players today don't really speak out on social issues and the ones that do run into quite a lot of flack on social media which i know you're on as well or at other places basically saying stick to sports i watch my sports to avoid thinking about the real world. Where do you stand on this subject, Jim, certainly with the athletes of today? Boy, you really put that well. I mean, that's brilliant the way you did that. Uh, Conscientiously, uh, that's true. But it's always special people that step up. So when I talk about Curtis Martin, I give you a name of a conscientious young man that wants to help. When I say Ray Lewis, Ray Lewis is one of the greatest motivators in this country. He did it uh, for the Ravens for all these years, and now he's a part of this whole movement. So I say to the young people that have the money and have the influence, you must step up. There's an epidemic. And we're going to put a situation together that you can step up, and you're going to be supported by like-minded people. And uh, there are a lot of them. You have some great young people 
that will step up if they're given the right leadership because a lot of them are leaders themselves. They just don't know how to really make it work when their agents and managers are telling them how to make the money. Welcome back, everybody, to the Rich Eisen Show. I'm Ryan Leaf, uh, filling in for Rich, who's in Cleveland, getting ready to kick this thing off in a matter of, what, about eight hours, guys? Eight hours and, and counting? T minus. Um, we're getting excited. A, a few other notes. Uh, Ian Rappaport just reporting that uh, uh, an update on former first-round pick Tim Tebow has worked out with the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> what? I just saw this. What? Uh, um, there's been some discussion in signing him. And oh, by the way, he's a tight end now. What? Yeah. First of all, if he would have done that five years ago, he would have been in the league. All well, this no, time. he was. He wanted to play baseball five years ago. Oh, he he did not want to play anything other than quarterback. Is what he. Well, I yeah. I think that after with today's the Patriots, show, he was I, at, I brought this okay. out by the way. I think after today's show. Um, <laughs> Since Tim's going to go play some football. You're coming back? <laughs> hey, I was at the Dodgers game yesterday. Took my son. Yep. I think we got a little photo of him uh, checking out the stadium for the first time since he was two years old because we couldn't go to games last year. I broke out his jersey uh-huh. for him to uh, to put it on. Put it on him. It looked like he was an incredible Hulk trying to break out of it. <laughs> got to go get him a new one. They wrote his name on the back. He had his little hat. This is what he looked like for about five minutes staring at this green Stadium when we came what in. What is this? Yeah, yeah. He was a he was a happy camper. Um, so yeah, I'm going to I'm going to try out for baseball. Tim Tebow is going to try out for football again. How about that? Let me come. tell you what this lead up the last you know three months of speculation this whole week. You know what we've been missing, guys? Tim Tebow talk. Tim Tebow happy though. This is the perfect icing on the NFL draft <laughs> pre cake. That we've all been munching on. I love it. Is this, I mean, is, uh, is it real? Uh, what is this? Yeah, it's absolutely real. He's he's not going anywhere in baseball. He was a Mets sideshow to get the fans back interested in the team. Sorry, TJ. That's exactly what it was. I mean, he played all right for a little bit. And he's a 200 hitter. And now look, he's he's got every little ounce of public eye and athletic that he's got left. He is going to milk that. Why not go back and play with your college coach in your hometown? It sounds amazing. Why not? Yeah. And you it know, sounds perfect. Make a bunch of money because everybody makes money in the NFL when you play football these days. I was born in the wrong decade. Um, and when Trevor Lawrence <laughs> struggles the first four weeks, guess what's going to happen? No. The crowd will Tebow be chanting, quarterback. Tebow, 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 Minshew, Minshew, Minshew. They have the perfect backup oh, that's in Jacksonville. True. They got Gardner. Yeah. Have you guys seen the mustache and the freaking uh, um, yeah, bullet the flow. now? Yeah. The flow. Oh, it is, it is getting to epic proportion right now. <laughs> I don't know if it'll be, it'll be allowed back on on washington state's campus it's gotten that like out of control also can we just get i know they're, they're not eligible because they have a new head coach in urban meyer but the jaguars have to be hard knocks right this year coming up no i, I don't think so why if tebow is on the team they have to be hard knocks i would agree with that i see i'm has not to. i'm yeah. not interested in that you're not no i want to see dysfunction that's I mean, what that's I want to see. Yeah, I mean, that is but kind like, of what drives So what's, the, dis- what's the dysfunction that, what's the most dysfunction we could have this offseason? Houston? Houston. Houston. Right. But I, you know, they're well, we're not going to open the doors. <laughs> what else? The Jets. The Jets. But, they, but they're not eligible either. Okay. Because you can't have a first year head coach, can't right? Have a first year. Well, they, you can, but they're not, you know. I mean, look, there's they always the, right the Raiders. They have the right to say no. Okay. There's always the Raiders. 
No, well, I'm, just, I'm tired of John Gruden that, yeah. and Mayock and that nonsense. Yeah. Um, we'll have a think on that. We'll back tomorrow. We're back here tomorrow. Okay. Um, wardrobe um, ideas, guys out there. Should I, I can't wear white. I, I feel like I, white's huge right now. I, this, this, uh, this look is from Sweat Taylor, by the way. Um, I, I like the hoodie look. Hoodie gang. Yeah, yeah, I like it. We yeah, are, team hood, team. So we got to we got to think of what we'll go to, go tomorrow with after the draft. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, if I get the San Francisco 49ers pick right mm-hmm. with Justin Fields, which now now more and more we we're getting close to it. Eight hours out, I'm I'm feeling like I'm more and more wrong there. Um, <laughs> but I'm sticking with it. Um, if 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 I get it right, um, and Justin Fields goes third overall. I'm gonna rock some some Niners gear. Look tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Oh, a little okay. red action. Yeah, a little maybe red or gold or, you know, I maybe like it. maybe some sunglasses. I like it. I don't know. It's too Sun- bright. Sunglasses. It's too bright for me here. It um, is bright in this piece. That's for sure. <laughs> all right. So I just want the Pats to do something. I, mean, I, I don't want, want to I, do something, or you just want them to get. What if they don't? Like what? Like in my mock, I have them staying at 15 and getting Mac Jones at 15. If they stay at 15, I would like him to take like Micah Parsons or somebody like that. An impact defensive If they player. don't move anywhere. If they, if they don't move up for a quarterback, stay put, take an impact that's defensive a per, player. That's a, perfect, that's a perfect pick for them. That's perfect. What, you know, that's what they've been doing for decades uh, with Bill Belichick, and uh, I think it would be a great fit for them. They get some of these defensive players It'd back. Great. It'd be yeah. great. Um, okay. Eight hours and counting. Um, best fits. Unfortunately, we've talked about this. Trevor Lawrence is in the same boat as Joe Burrow, going to an organization that ultimately um, may never give you a chance at being a Super Bowl contender. Um, and you know, it, is that going to be a failed pick? I don't ever think Carson Palmer's pick to the Cincinnati Bengals and how he made them better and ultimately ended up in two different spots uh, as a failed career. Uh, number one overall draft pick lived up to the expectation went to a team that systematically struggles. Mm-hmm. Jacksonville, couple, you know, you, some could say a couple plays away from a, a Super Bowl bid a few years back. I never felt for, at any point during that game that New England was going to lose that game. I don't care how close it got to at the end. Uh, I still didn't think Jacksonville was going to win that game. And then they did, just systematic, systematically broke down their team until they were nothing, until they were right back here taking a quarterback first overall. He's got a great quarterback. Is he a guy that can transform the environment? Is he a Peyton Manning? Peyton Manning walked into Indianapolis. The hot water, right? The coffee bean analogy. You know, you put you put an egg, you put a, a, a you, you put a, a a carrot, and you put a coffee bean into water, hot water. The only thing that changes it is the coffee bean. Carrot gets soft, egg gets hard. Coffee bean turns the environment. Heard this analogy for years. A good one. Is Trevor Lawrence the coffee bean? I think he is. We'll see what happens tonight when his name is taken first overall and the dominoes that follow. I'll be back tomorrow to discuss everything on NFL radio um, here on Peacock TV. You are listening to the Rich Eisen Show. I'm Ryan Leaf. I'll be back tomorrow. Enjoy the draft, everybody. Have a great night.